0: AFM Sports Special with John Kereka. Your Sporting Information Center.
1: Let me do a Nancy Richards now and chat about a book, and it's called The Sports Coach, The Psychology Behind Coaching. And I've had the pleasure of having this book for a week or so, and uh, we're joined by Yanni Pitta on the line, who wrote the book. Yanni, good chatting to you. Thanks for joining us.
0: Hello, John. It's great being with you. Thank you very much.
1: Mental coach of the Golden Lions rugby team. But before we get into this, uh, I see it's available at—is it the CUM Bookshop? It's the Christian Bookshop. Is it a Christian book or not?
0: No, John. I um, actually um, published my previous book, and when I um, I decided to publish this book myself, and when I published it, I immediately um, said I want um, 500 copies okay. to distribute in the shop. So I I just had the liberty of coming that. And um, KUM is uh, distributing these books as well. Okay. But I'm actually publishing it myself this time because it's my sixth book and I've learned many lessons <laughs> and I um, understand there's ways to go when you start and when you go. So at this moment, um, this book is mostly available from me, but it's available in KUM shops, most KUM shops okay the country.
1: Let's get into the actual book. To me, it's more than just A sports coach book. I think anybody that's in any form of management has ever worked with people should be reading this book. Would you agree?
0: I obviously agree. (laughs) No, thank you for that, John. No, I definitely wrote this book for more people than just a sports coach. Um, My main target is actually sports uh, coaches, teachers, and parents. But this is very applicable in the business world as well because you've got to work with people um, in a team, and this is all about the mentality behind motivation and goal setting and um, stress and tension and how do you achieve goals, etc. So um, it's basically about how to work with people on a mental level and understanding that there's different kinds of people. I mean, we're all aware of the different personality types that um, have been identified many years by psychologists, and we work with those personality types, and they're very visible. In society so when you're working with people it's very important John to understand who you're working with because if you understand who you're working with there's certain ways of working with different people and if you're a leader or a parent or a coach or a teacher and you don't understand that there's different ways of working with different peoples you will miss the boat you will miss um, people you will miss opportunities so, definitely, this book is not only written for sports coaches. why I made it titled The Sport Coach yeah. just to um, attract the attention. To <laughs> specific, um, you,
1: you've written it in a way that, you know, even if you have no idea, you can almost read out the book step by step. You've got, like, what happens when you lose a match, what to say, what to what to say before the game. You, you've done it, like, for it's almost team management for dummies.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that. John, um I've been in practice for 22 years now and I've worked with so many pupils and coaches and teachers and um, sometimes we teach something but people hear a, a, a message but they don't understand how to convey that message to people. Um, and I've done some research concerning the psychology behind coaching or working with people and I've, especially in the sports field I've found that there's many biographies written that means a specific coach who was successful has written his biography. That means his story Mm -hmm. and his methods and his uh, way of living. Um, But that's his. Um, And this book, I literally went down and took my 22 years of experience plus all the research that I've done and I've written a manual. A manual Mm -hmm. means it's how to. That's what you say is literally the, the voice that you have to speak, the words that you have to speak in a certain situation, it's written down. So you don't have a doubt as to, am I saying the right thing? Because I've specifically written certain conversations down word for word oh. so that you can practice them at home. You can practice it before you speak to your uh, team or to people and literally hear those words because there are certain key elements that are essential in working with people and those key elements aren't included in all these conversations.
1: I was explaining it to Siobhan before the show. I was saying it's a textbook. It's something that uh, yeah, you're going to keep in your hand or in your briefcase or in your in your kit bag all the time if you're a coach or even, like I say, a manager as well. And it's like, oh, wait, I know that I, what to say and you text through to what to do in a situation. You, you've laid it out quite simply. Was that intentional from the beginning? Yes, John.
0: Um, I appreciate what you say. And so often people will hear attend a seminar or workshop and they will say, but I know that, but I missed it. See, years, I've learned it somewhere, but I, I've missed it. And literally what you say is, I mean, I, I completed the chapters with, basically with questions um, and I can and read the chapters here is, uh, why did you become a coach? Mm-hmm. What determines the success of, success of coaching? What is the role of the coach? The beginning, that agreement, then how do you coach skills? Do you know who your athlete is? That's about the personality of your athlete. Motivation, how does it work? Fatigue, is it a mindset? Then dealing with athlete's parents or how to build a team, team talk before a match, what to say after competition. Discipline, how important is it? How do you coach athletes to become mentally tough? That's a very interesting (laughs) chapter. I do you teach athletes to win? Because winning, John, many people think it's easy to win, but I tell you I've been working with the Lions for two years, and I used to work with, uh, at the Blue Bulls from 26 to 2010. And one thing that in life is quite a big challenge is to deal with success, because the moment you're successful, things in your life change. Pressure change. Expectations change. Um, people change, and you change, because... Suddenly, you become a hero where you were just mm-hmm. a challenger previously. So, success is a massive thing to deal with, and many people don't know how to deal with it because they're so used to failing that they dream of success, and the moment they achieve it, they leave it within an instant.
1: Well, Yanni, while I've got you on the line, the obvious elephant in the room when we we're talking about coaching and psychology is Alistair Kutsia in the Springboks. Do you yes. see a way out of that? If Alistair Kutsia buys your book, for example, and he looks and he goes, all right, that's the way to fix the Springboks.
0: John, box. Every, per- every person's got a personality. Um, and I, I've got a lot of respect for Alistair Kutsia. I, I know he's an amazing person. And um, the question about where he is at this moment Yes, I believe he will benefit if he, I mean, that's what he, what he did when he held the endaga. He wanted to learn from other people, so there's always room to learn. And whether he will learn from this book, yes, for, for sure he will learn something from this, from this book, because there's essential key elements that I believe he is a missing at this moment in working with the team. You've got to understand I'm, I'm in contact with a couple of screenbooks, or many of them that's from the Alliance team, mm-hmm. and I have conversations with them, and I ask them what's the experience, because I want them to be successful in my heart. There is an this mm-hmm. team who is suffering at this moment, and it's not that Alistair is a bad coach. It's just that he's got to address certain aspects that I believe he's not addressing at this moment. To build a team, I mean... To have uh, talent in a team, that's, uh, that's a given, especially when working with a up team. But to mold those talents together and to get them to work together in loyalty and trust and companionship into a team, that's another thing. And I believe he's they, been challenged by especially that aspect.
1: When, what's the toughest thing about writing this book?
0: Sure, so John. I, I've i been in practice now for 22 years. This is my sixth book and all. If you think, oh, this is the best book I've written. But two years, three years later, you understand that you've still grown and yeah. you've still learned so much. So when I started writing this book in 2015, it's actually when I started working with Alliance as well. But yeah. it has no um, um, conjun- conjunction with each other, um, connection with each other. Okay. And so when I started writing this book, um, I realized there's so many coaches missing up children's lives because I work with many, many athletes and I work with many schools, I work with many teams and my heart breaks to see how many coaches just miss it because it's a personal thing and nobody has ever taught them how to work with people so they're working with people as they are not as the people are or the children are. I mean the stories that I hear here what in my office what coaches are willing to do to get a win, or what mm-hmm. coaches are doing to a team of youngsters. I mean, let's say, for instance, I worked with a youngster. She, she was 12 years old, and she told me what the coach said to them at the halftime when they were playing a hockey match, and how each individual was belittled and ridiculed by sure. the coach because they were not performing. And they were sitting there, and they were all crying, and I literally listened to this girl and I said, how is this possible? How can there be coaches out there still believing that to motivate somebody, you've got to challenge them by negative information mm. or negative input? That means I say you can't because now I believe you've approved me wrong and mm. you, you're going to prove to me that you can yeah. I've just change. Th-
1: that's exactly what I was thinking when I read what you wrote, Yanni. And I'd, I've worked at, uh, my, in fact, my previous employers, where it was exactly that. It was this negative motivation, for lack of a better word. In fact, some people were threatened with death, which is, you know, if you don't do it, then you will be fired, or if you don't do it, you will lose your bonus. That's, you know, th- reading through your book, that just doesn't make sense anymore, does it?
0: Yes, John. And I, I use this one example in my book, and. Um, it's, it's so sad that life is about manipulating people, in, in, in a sense. And I use this example that <clears throat> um, we want to... I'm, we working with, I'm working with a professional as, uh, team, uh, the Lions. So we want them to love physical exercise because right. the better they do physical exercise, the better they'll be doing preparation before the season, the further they will be able to go in the season. Mm. Now, when people come there, they've got this negative connection towards physical exercise. And I, I've done some thinking and I've worked with many people and I understand that since childhood, I mean, I've done it myself. I've been under it myself. A rugby team, uh, let's say grade 3 or grade 14, practice the afternoon, there's this huge boy, there's this thin boy, there's this fat boy, there's this slim boy. They're all different. Now suddenly the huge boy is suffering and the coach says, oh, you're cheating. <laughs> and then he says, everybody on the line. And now he's mad because okay. the one boy was, he was devastated because he couldn't continue what the other boys did. So now the whole team is being penalized or punished. And the way we punish them or the way coaches punish a team is by physical exercise. I mean, now I... Chase you around the poles or around that the tree over there and I say, come and run and the whole afternoon I get you to run and I get you to train. I actually want you to love exercise, but I use it as method of punishment. I mean, if you really <laughs> think about that, John, uh, it is actually stupid. Uh, we, we, we've got to be crazy if we can think that we can motivate people to do something with something that we use to punish, punish them. I'm going to use my own son as an example. Um, I've done it totally different with him. He's now 15 years old and he just loves exercise. If I want to punish if I need to punish him, which I I really do because we are working as a team together, Um, I punish him by telling him he's not able to to train today. (laughs) he, He doesn't have the luxury of training today because... If I take that luxury away from you, this dream is disappearing.
1: All
0: right. In, you understand? So um, We've done it so wrong for so many years because it was tradition. Mm. And This book is about changing a mind, changing a person's life. I mean, I look at the back, a coach touches more life in one season than most people were touching a lifetime. And that's what people do. We have so much power if you've got training, work with somebody, a teacher, it's got so much power in a child's life, we don't understand it. Um, I just read the story about Thomas Edison, which was so amazing, where he came home and he gave his mother a letter, and he said, Mother, my teacher gave you that letter, and um, he said, uh, You must read it to me. And his mother opened the letter, and she read, um, she, she looked at the letter first, she read through it, and then she read it to him, and she read, um, Dear Mrs. Edison, we're so sorry. Your son is a genius. We are not able to cope with him at school. You will have to educate him yourself because we are not sufficiently sure. um, equipped to teach your son. Mm. And that's why they started um, schooling in that state with our Thomas Edison. And many years later, when he got the reward and his mother died, mm. he went through his stuff and he found a letter. And um, that letter that was written by that teacher when he was young, and he opened the letter, and when he read it, the letter actually wrote, the yeah, end Edison, we are so sorry, your son is handicapped, <laughs> severely handicapped. You, we, are, we can't teach him at this school. You will have to take care of him yourself. Mm-hmm. And she just changed one word. She said, instead of severely handicapped, she said, you are a genius. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Edison said, um, by one word, his mother created the genius of the century. And that's what people don't understand, John. we has got so much power because the way you treat somebody, the way he's telling who he is, that's what that people believe. That's what that person believes and he will become. And the sports coach is a very, very powerful person. Yeah. Because athletes are vulnerable. They, they need confirmation about the stuff that they do. And so many coaches abuse their that power by getting athletes to feel inferior and to feel that they won't be able to make it without the coach.
1: Danny, yeah, I mean, we need to wrap it up. It's a great book. Thank you very much for putting it out there. I know I'm going to read it again just to make sure if I ever become a manager of people. Thanks very much.
0: John, thank you for the opportunity of speaking to you, and, and I appreciate it. And. May your voice go out and change people's lives because that's what you do.
1: Yanni Pitta, the author of The Sports Coach, The Psychology Behind Coaching. It's available on his website. I promise you it's the best place to get it. It should be 249 rand, but if you have a look around, you'll find discounts as well. Go do a search for Yanni Pitta. It's on his website, yannipitta.co.za, and uh, it's a little bit cheaper there. The Sports Coach, The Psychology Behind Coaching.
0: SFM Sports Special with John Cherica, covering every win, every loss,
1: every draw.